Open up your book to your Bible up to John chapter 3, but I want to back up to John chapter 2, beginning at verse 23, and this will help keep it in context exactly what's taking place. So when you find your place, please stand with me to read in God's Word. Verse 23 of chapter 2. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, there in the feast, many believed in his name, observing signs which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, We speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Thank you, and you may be seated. The title to the sermon is just simply, uh, You Must Be Born Again. There are a lot of different views of this, but there's only one view, and that's the way the Bible gives it to us, is that there's, you must be born again. And so as we go through the Scripture, we're going to unpack these things from the natural man, this is why we need to be born again, to the nature change, and to the natural response after the nature change. And so we see that in Corinthians it tells us, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so these are the most important words that we have ever heard in our life and continue to hear again these most important words. Everything hinges right here that we have a proper view of what it means to be born again. And so when we had backed up to verse 23, we see two things that's coming out through that. People believing in the works that Jesus did and not in him, because he knew all men. 
But there are also some people to believe in him, solely trusting in him. And so this is what's going to be splitting the difference right here. We see it the first part, the natural man. This is Nicodemus. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou have come from God as a teacher, for no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So it's interesting that Nicodemus comes and gives the, the outline that this man is coming because he saw the signs that Jesus did. Now, at this time, G, uh, Nicodemus will walk away unsaved, but it, it is believed by the end of the chapter, the, G, the end of the book of John, that, G, that Nicodemus comes to be a believer. So some people get knocked off the horse, and some people gradually come to Christ, amen? And it's up to God and how he does that. And so when you think about these words, what does it mean to be born again? Now, the Bible is an imperative, and there's no other way around. It says you must be born again. Now, some people think that they must be born again by stop doing the bad things and start doing the good things. And they'll be absolutely miserable because in due time, they will go back to what they love. This comes down to the point that in Romans chapter 3, now we're going to change up a little things. Normally we don't run you across the Bible, but there are two sections of the scriptures that I want you to see. In Romans chapter 3, I want you to look at this with me, beginning at verse 10. And this is why we must be born again. Beginning at verse 10, it says this, It is written, There is none righteous, not even one, there is none who understands. There is none that's, who seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. The throat is an open grave. Their tongues, they keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their path. The path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be shut, as in the King James, and all the world may become, un, uh, become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So this is why we use the Ten Commandments to, to show the holiness of God and show what sin is. I did not know sin but by the law. But when we come to understand the only thing that an unconverted man can do is sin. Now in our humanness, we... we we have a problem with that because we believe we could do good. On human terms, we can. On the earthly terms, we could do good. But when it comes to the holiness, the thrice holy God, right, compared to his standard, all our, all our righteousness is filthy rags. Therefore, we are born under Adam. They fell. We fell. The whole human race fell. We are fallen creatures that need to be brought to life by the power of God. And this is our life, as we have written out here before us, that no flesh would be justified by keeping the law. But by the law, I understand why 
this sin is here. Why? I must be born again. Why? This has to happen. It's the power of God upon a man. But there is a way that seems right to a man that the end of that is death. So there is a way that man can say, I'm born again because I go to church. I'm born again because I read my Bible. I'm born again because I start doing things differently than what I used to do. Well, this goes a lot deeper. We looked just a minute ago at the the flesh of just a, a confession of God and the works that he's done and his uh, superficiality of it. But we also have seen over in Romans how bad it really is. And I would say it's worse than that because until we come to know God, we don't understand our sin. The more we look upon God and the more we look upon his holiness and his beauty, the more we understand how much we need him. Amen. We can't partially be accounted for him, but you think about uh, the, the mercy of God that he's given us the scripture that we have today. Nicodemus is being told that, Nicodemus, you got it all wrong. Now you think about Nicodemus for just a minute. He was born in the right family. right? He went to every prayer meeting. Uh, he went to college. He went to all these things. I mean, he had the right bloodline. He addresses Jesus uh, respectfully by calling him rabbi. And what does Jesus say to him? He changes the conversation. He doesn't run off what uh, Nicodemus wants to talk about. Jesus, as has been spoken many times, he directs the conversation. Amen? And so Nicodemus wants to come up and, I'm a leader, you're a leader, we're all leaders here, let's rap, let's talk, let's get, you know, yeah, we could do this right here because we know much. Right? But Jesus says, no. What does he say? Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, meaning understand, the kingdom of God. Now think about that for just a minute. Truly, truly means pay attention. This is very important. So this text is one of the texts that is the most important text as every piece of Scripture is, but the most important text that you will hear in the sense of your ears that you must be born again. Everything hinges right here. Everything hinges from the law of God and His beauty and His holiness and your fallenness and, and how bad it really is. And then we see the mercy of God through the drawing of the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ, and adopted into His family. Amen? That changes everything. But Nicodemus, being in the flesh, as the text that I just read a minute ago, he doesn't get it. Truly, truly, surely, surely means pay attention. I say to you, unless one is born of, again, he cannot understand the kingdom of God. Now, there's a lot of people can, a lot of people do read the Bible. There's a lot of people could do many things, as uh, grammatically speaking, you know, we, we know that. But there is something here uh, that he cannot do. A man cannot make himself born again. A man cannot make himself right with God without the power of God. God shows himself to a man, and therefore the nature, uh, the natural response is to call upon him for repentance. That's the nature of what's taking place. Now, the man, Nicodemus, he's being told, Nicodemus, I know you went to school. I know you was in the right family. I know you got the right blood in you, but Nicodemus, I'm here to tell you you got to start all over. You got it all wrong. 
God is in charge and it has the power to change someone like us from hating him as we have seen in Romans chapter 3. Well, actually, Romans chapter 1 says that we're all God haters. Flesh really doesn't care for that, but I tell you, the Bible is true and every man a liar. And so we settle with that. We were God haters, now we're God lovers, amen? So he changes that heart. So he goes and says, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot, doesn't say may not, he says cannot, does not have the ability to see the kingdom of God. Did you catch that? It's not a permission, right? It's the ability speaking of right here. He cannot see the kingdom of God, cannot understand the kingdom of God. And we have so many False religions today trying to build their way by building the, ta- t- the Tower of Babel to heaven by all their good works and will not see, understand the kingdom of God. Now listen, listen to Nicodemus' response. Verse 4 says, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Or... Excuse me, that's King James coming out in me. Second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Now, is there some, some people believe there's some sarcasm going on right here, but it could be just a plain, simple question to Nicodemus. Although Nicodemus had what it meant to be born again. Why? Because he had the Old Testament. We're going to look at Ezekiel 36 in just a minute. I want you to lay eyes on it. He had the Old Testament, and even in Ezekiel 36, gives the picture what it means to be born again, had already gone all the way over to Deuteronomy, so he had what it meant to be circumcised in the heart by God and God alone. They had that in the Scripture, but it takes, again, the power of God to do this. Nicodemus is thinking in the flesh. Nicodemus is being stripped of everything. And that's, how, that's what it's going to take for us also. We can't come to anything with the cross that God owes us salvation for anything. Amen? He doesn't owe us anything or anybody anything. But it's the mercy of this great God that shows us this. Again, we see the second truly, truly, or surely, surely. In verse 5, when we see the, the nature change, Jesus answered, said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Again, it goes on. It says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now let's back up to verse uh, 5. It says again, truly, truly. Okay, this is very important. He emphasizes this by that word, truly, truly. This is very important. Pay attention. You can't afford to get this wrong. Nobody can afford to get this wrong. We must have an understanding that comes by God that shows us this thing. If you would, I want to turn you over to Ezekiel 36. If you would, turn with me. I want you to get your eyes on this, but I want you to participate in what I'm about to do. When you see that personal pronoun saying I, I I right after I say I, I want you to say God. Okay? Are you with me? 
Beginning at verse 25, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Did you hear that? Thank you for participating with me on that. It's important. Why? Because what did you do in here? You received this. God did all the work. Isn't that wonderful? Because it really makes you appreciate the mercy and the grace of God. When you think about the grace of God, God's riches at Christ's expense... He did this work right here. Nicodemus had this. He had it in Deuteronomy as well, in other, ver- in other areas as well. But when you look at this, we see that the clean water, the clean water has two views of it. It could be baptism, a, a, a baptism uh, of the Old Testament, but it also could be the watering of the Word, which he talks about in Ephesians chapter 5. He waters the Word. You cannot be saved without the Word of God. You will never ever be saved by somebody's testimony or somebody's telling you a sweet story about Jesus. If God uses His Word and His Word alone, amen? His Word alone, amen? Only His Word, now He does give us testimonies. And we have, everybody in here has something great to say about the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? And there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus, uh, through the blood of uh, Jesus, He will cleanse us from all our filthiness and all our idols. That's good news. Not some of them, but all of them. Not, now, I know all doesn't mean all all the time, but in places like this, I like to believe, and I believe I'm right with this, all means all. Amen? And so we see He cleanses us, He makes us clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols, and I will give you a new heart. Now, here's the catch to this. A stony heart doesn't have a problem with sin. He's incentive. He's dead in sin. We, we see that in Ephesians chapter 2, right? Dead in sin, insensitive. It just doesn't care unless it's some uh, human sin that people uh, look down on. Therefore, that person has a problem with it then when he's caught in it. Other than that, he doesn't have a problem with sin. Here's how the Holy Spirit works in our lives now. Now that we have taken on the Holy Spirit, now that we have been born from above, that's what that means, as we see in this text right here, He would take out that heart in, 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 in excuse me, in verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Two things happen here. In Ephesians chapter 2, it takes out that spirit. In Ephes- and also in Ephesians, talk about the heart. But here we see that that stony heart has no problem with sin. But now we see we have a heart of flesh. Now the question that we have to examine ourselves, as Scripture has told us today, is that do you have a problem with sin? Can you get away with sin? Not if the Holy Spirit of truth dwells in you. Amen? The Holy Spirit of truth doesn't lie. The Holy Spirit of truth will not let you get away with sin. That's the evidence that you come to know God. Before that stony heart has no problem with sin, it gets away with it, no problem, unless it causes some inconvenience. The new heart is like this, that the law of God is written upon my heart. 
And now I live a life sensitive to sin. The sin I once loved, I now hate. And growing in hating sin. Well, again, we spoke in, in, in Sunday school. We haven't arrived, but we have left. Amen? We're not what we used to be, and we're, not, we're growing in what we're going to be. Amen? That's good news because God is the one that's going to receive all the glory. Amen? But I, God. And that settles it. Amen? And so the new spirit he'll put within you, and you think about the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. And now, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves. And as we go through this scripture, we need to examine ourselves all the time. Am I truly a child of God? Verse 26, I'll read it again. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. Here's the evidence. And caused you. Now that you have taken on the divine nature of God within you, not being God, but you have the spirit of God dwelling in you, now I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk after my statutes, and you will be careful to obey my ordinances. See, everything's changed. Everything's changed because you have been ran over by the power of the Holy Spirit of truth. Amen? And we said this is the evidence that you come to know Him, is that you love God, you love His Word, and therefore the, the Spirit of truth is going to be driving you in the area of obedience. Amen? All of that goes hand in hand. Nicodemus or somebody that has not the Holy Spirit dwelling in him today is not going to get this. It's not a religion that we're talking about. We're talking about the supernatural work of God that takes out that heart, takes out the spirit of Satan, as we see in Ephesians chapter 2, and puts his spirit in there in a heart that loves him and now becomes sensitive to that sin. Amen? That's the mark that is upon your life. You cannot do what you used to do. You haven't arrived again, but you are growing out of what you used to be. God changes you perfectly at that time, but now we have the sanctification work that takes place in us. Now the question always remains, have I received a nature change? What does it mean to be born again? You know, if you ask a lot of people in the streets or wherever you go, you'd be surprised what kind of answers you come, they come up with. Then you ask them, ask them this question about being saved. What does it mean to be saved? And they don't even know what they're saved from. We're saved from God, through God, and to God. And the evidence that we've come to know Him, He has written His law upon our hearts. Amen? That's wonderful news. So if you love God today, praise the Lord. If you're being found out by the Spirit of truth today, praise the Lord. Repent and believe in Christ. Not about Him, but in Him. Amen? Everything that He is, everything that He has done, everything that He has accomplished and who He is, being all God, all man, being our propitiation, satisfying the wrath of God forevermore, that we may come into His family and enjoy Him forevermore. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that's exciting to me. 
I never get tired of this text or Isaiah chapter 6. just grows better all the time. So we see that the nature change has to change has to take place. And so look, look who's in control of it. We see it again in verse 8. The wind bloweth where it wishes, and you hear the sound thereof, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it's everyone who is born of the Spirit. That means what Ezekiel said about you being in control of anything has been wiped out completely. God's in control. God is the one that chooses Right, and he's chosen before the foundation of the world. Praise, praise be to God. Can you honestly say today that you love this Christ? How big is your God? Is he able to change you from hating, loving sin to hating sin? Yes, and he will be the one in charge of doing it. And we see here the natural response of what takes place after the nature being changed is this natural response. Nicodemus says, he's still not getting it here. Nicodemus said, how can these things be? Jesus answered to him, are you a teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? There's a lot of things that we could put in that verse right there. Are you a call it student and don't understand these things are you a teacher are you a preacher are you a whatever and you don't understand these things that's okay if God is using it to draw you to him then again he says truly truly I say to you we speak what we know and testify of what we have seen and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Well, it's, not, it's, just, it's absolutely impossible. You will not believe God unless God has done a work in you. But it is a wonderful thing when you think about, you can believe all the things on the earth. We believe that the, the, uh, of the hurricanes to the shiny skies that we have, blue skies, Carolina blue skies. We believe all these things. What happens if you do this? This happens. You know, we believe electricity. We can't see it, but we should for sure feel it when we uh, get hooked up to it, right? We, uh, you know, we don't believe in pain, but you feel pain. Amen? So it is, it, it, you think about the real things on the earth, right? The things that have happened, what they have seen. They've seen all the signs. We have heard all the testimonies. We have seen all the signs that Jesus had done. We have no excuse if we leave here today without Christ. How will you leave here today? If I told you earthly things and all you're doing right now is just hearing with the ear and the heart's not being affected, something's wrong. Amen? Something's wrong. The heart has to be affected by the power of God that, Lord, you have found me out. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Right? It's about you and the Lord. It is about you and the Lord and the response that you have today. And we see so much of this right here. We're more worried about what people might think to understand what it means to be born again. It's a complete change of life. Now the question is, do you, do you love the Lord? Praise the Lord. That's good. If you can honestly 
with the whole heart that has been changed. A heart of flesh is now sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you can honestly say that, man, I really do love the Lord. I want to serve Him more. I want to be more obedient to Him. I just want to just be that living sacrifice that Romans 12, 1 or 2 talks about. Not a perfection, but we are perfect in Him. But I tell you, we have to be careful if we're trying to prove ourselves to God. He knows our heart. He knows every part of our heart, whether it be of stone or whether it be of flesh. He knows everything about us. You cannot hide anything from God. He knows whether or not you love Him or whether or not you don't. He knows whether or not it's just an just a outward appearance, uh, just where all your friends and everything comes, and so therefore I go there too. You know, and, and so that he knows that Nicodemus, of all people, he had to throw it all away, start all over, and humble himself before God. That's what's going to have to happen. Why? Because God, when he reveals himself to a person, things change. And they're changed forevermore. And we praise the Lord that God doesn't do a partial work. The evidence that you've come to know Him is obedience is attached to your love for Him. So as we look at this closing verse right here, I want to go over to Luke 18. You don't have to go there, but if you like, uh, Luke 18, verse 9. And the Pharisees and the publican, because this is the way that you're going to leave today, one or the other. And he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee's and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay uh, tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner." I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he that humbles himself will be exalted. So I ask, how will you leave today? Isaiah tells us that everyone that thirsts come, ye to the waters. And he that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Come, what the Bible says. Now, if you're struggling with what people might think, you need to break that wall down now. Because it doesn't matter what other people think. But when you think about who God is, in the examination of my heart of what it says 
that scripture, what it looks like to be born again, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a Christian. As I examine myself through the scripture, is that a reality in, our li- in your life? And the Bible says, come. Come and stop with the habitual sin. Stop. Keep yourself pure unto him. Stop worrying about what other people think. Humble yourself before this God. And again, it says, come. So as we close in prayer and prepare ourselves to come to the Lord's table, help us, Lord, that we examine ourselves to see how it is with us before God. And the natural response is what you will do today if the Lord has changed your heart, changed your mind, changed everything about you. You will rejoice in Him or you'll leave just as cold as you came in. But today, let Him break that that stony heart. Let Him shatter it. There is a way that seems right to a man at the end is death. Don't find out later that you were wrong. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your great mercy and grace. We thank you, Lord, for the words given today. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves as we are commanded to do. That we may know that Christ is in us, unless we be reprobate, lest we be a throwaway, worthless. But, Lord, as we examine ourselves, help us, Lord, to... Rejoice in the new heart that you've given us. Help us to rejoice in the new spirit that you've given us. Help us to to rejoice in the new life that we may enter in because we are able to see the kingdom of God. Now we are able to enter into the kingdom of God only through the drawing of the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. Please continue to do that work that we may love you more, cherish you more, and worship you more in all that you are, in all your splendor and glory. Help us, Lord, this day. In Jesus' name, amen.